What's going on guys and welcome to this post-Bristol episodes of Riding the Wall and I did say episodes. We're going to break this down into two different shows this week. We're going to, um, in this episode, I'm just going to kind of give you a rundown of, of the finishing order, the points and things like that from the race, uh, things that I saw, my thoughts on a few things. Um, my boy Justin's sitting this one out. He, um, he's got some things to do tonight, So, he, but he'll be back up here later in the week, and we're going to give you a part two of our Bristol experience. And in that episode, um, Justin will give you his thoughts on what he's seen, and then we're going to dedicate that show to just nothing but our experience at Bristol. Um, everything that we did from the time we left home to the time we got back home and everything in between, um, just our day at Bristol, our day after, and, and just make it a whole episode of just stories. And we're probably going to have somebody sit in with us on that one. I think, um, Mama Jess is going to sit in on that one. And if you don't know, Mama Jess is my wife, is what we call her. But, um... She's going to sit in with us, and she's going to give her, give us her perspective on um, a woman trying to, and I don't say this meanly, I'm just saying, you know, she's trying to keep track of me and Justin at a NASCAR race, so we're, we're going to get her perspective on all of that. But um, last time it was just me, Justin, and her when we went to the spring race in 2021, no, I'm sorry, 2022. Uh, we went to the spring dirt race, and it was just us three. So she had a much harder time trying to keep up with us. But this time she had some help. So there were some others that went with us, my parents and, and Justin's uh, mom and stepdad. So so she had some help keeping us wrangled up. But we still still did what we could. I mean, I think we only got half naked and mostly liquored up. So it wasn't too bad. Could have been a lot worse. But, um, but we're going to save that for the next episode later this week before the texas race you'll get that and tonight i'm just going to kind of go over what happened at bristol what i seen what i thought so first i'll just start off with the results i mean hamlin just kick butt i mean he ended up winning the race larson gets second bell third busher fourth ty gibbs with a fifth place finish mcdowell sixth elliott seven brad kozlowski eight william byron nine and old Ricky Spinhouse got 10th. That's a pretty good showing for, for Ricky. I mean, he, he normally does pretty good at, at Bristol, so it didn't surprise me that he got a 10th place finish. Um, but I know a lot of the talk was Stenhouse doesn't deserve to be in the in the playoffs. You know, he got lucky at Daytona, blah, 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 all of that. He hasn't done too bad this year. I mean, he's no, he's not getting top fives and winning races, but he's he's doing pretty good considering what he normally, you know, his normal finishes are better this year than what they have been in the past. So, in my mind, Stenhouse with a 10th place finish, that's a good night for him at Bristol. Um, you got Carson Hosevar in 11th. We'll get to that here in just a second. Bubba, uh, Bubba Wallace got a 14th. I know H.R. Scotty's going to be disappointed with that. He was kind of hoping he'd finish up in the top five, but that's still not a bad night for Bubba at Bristol because, you know, that's another track that he just... He doesn't really do all that great at, you know, um, traditionally he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not a front runner at Bristol, let's just say that, but, uh, you know, it was a cutoff race and he needed to do what he needed to do and that's, 
exactly what he did. You know, he was able to carry in a 14th place finish. Was good enough to get him into the next round of the playoffs. We had Reddick finishing 15th. Truex 19th. Kyle Busch 20th. Ryan Blaney 22. Chastain 23. Harvick 29th. Pretty disappointing night for him. And uh, Joey Slogano finished 34th after getting in that wreck. Um, so that's that's pretty much the rundown. Top 10 plus some notable finishes after the top 10. Um, and like I said, that was a cutoff race for the for the playoffs. The uh, four drivers who got knocked out of the playoffs were Joey Slogano, Kevin Harvick, Recky Spinhouse, and Michael McDowell. Um, and I had McDowell and Stenhouse in my first four out just because there wasn't, you know, these first three races don't really favor them. Um, I think had McDowell made it to the next round, he might have been in good shape because he, I, I think he would have done good at Talladega and at the Roval. Um, I think he just needs to focus on them first three races, you know, get that notebook a little bit thicker on these first three races of the playoffs, do a little bit better on those next year because... I think McDowell can be a consistent playoff person. He can be a, a consistently make the playoffs because he's he's doing good enough in these points to. Uh, I don't I don't even think he would have needed a win to get in, but um, of course he did get the win there at Indy and locked him in. But um, he just didn't quite do enough, even though he finished what sixth. I felt like he was running better than that almost all night. Um, he was in contention to do really good, but I think he was just in a must-win situation, and he just couldn't quite get it done. You don't ever want to go into Bristol with a must-win situation, the same as going into Daytona or Talladega with a must-win. It's just so hard to... I mean, you almost have to be in the right place at the right time. You need so much luck at those tracks. Not only do you need the luck, but you need the skill to, to do that. And uh, it just wasn't in the cards for McDowell at Bristol. And again, Stenhouse, same situation. He did really good, finishing 10th. It just, uh, he just had too big of a hill to climb. Kevin Harvick, I feel bad. I really feel bad for Harvick because, you know, everybody's wanting to see, at least I know I am. I can speak for Justin on this. We want to see Harvick get that win. And I thought going into Bristol, I thought he's got three chances left on this year. Um, three tracks to get that real to have a really good chance of getting that win. And I thought Bristol was one of those tracks that he might have a shot at it. I was thinking Bristol, Talladega, and Phoenix. But um, he just kind of went out there and laid an egg at Bristol. So he, he got knocked out of the playoffs. I was hoping he'd stay in there. It just It's just not his year. It's his last year. Hopefully, I'm still hoping he gets that win, though. You know, I don't think there's... Um, anybody out there that don't want to see Kevin get at least one win, you know. And then Logano, he just, I don't know, it's not been a typical Logano year. Um, I think had he not got caught up in the wreck, I think he would have made it out of that. I think he would have made it into the round of four. I think it would have been somebody else, um, probably Bubba, that would have got put out at Bristol instead of Logano. But um, he ran into some bad luck, got in that accident. I don't remember who all was in that wreck with him. I know Logano, um, LaJoy, and there was a couple other cars in there. I think Ty Dillon was in that. But um, I think Logano, he just got the worst of it. Um, 
I didn't get to see the wreck as it happened. It was, I think it was over in turns three and four. We were sitting more towards turn two. Um, so I didn't really get to see exactly what happened and stuff, but uh, it was just bad luck. You know, it's another one of them, another one of them Bristol things, you know. It's just, you don't want to go into Bristol knowing that you have to do this good or have to have this many points or have to have a certain type of night. You want to be able to go into Bristol and just be able to race your race. You know, that's that's when the best things happen, when you don't have to worry about points, you don't have to worry about getting a win, you don't have to really worry about anything, just keep your nose clean, keep your car straight, um, and do what you do, and, and usually you'll be alright, but, um, or at least that will give you your best chance, you know, that way you're not weighed down by the, the, uh, point standings lap by lap, you know, we see on the, we hear them on the radio all the time on these cutoff races. Where's this person at? Where's that person at in the points? And if it ends right now, what are we going to do? How many points do we need? You don't have to worry about all that. You can just go out there, run your race, and then get back to it next week. You know, that way, if you have a bad week like Logano did, you might be able to, to uh, recover from it. Um, Truex was kind of in that boat. He almost needed a win at Bristol to advance and you know there I don't remember what lap it was but it was about mid-race I think it was he got up got loose coming out of four and um, I seen that one happen I don't think any cars got into him but uh, he hit the wall there on the front stretch and I thought for sure he was gonna be because it looked like he hit the wall kind of hard but um, he was he was able to to continue and was able to finish what I say he got 19th so Apparently 19th was good enough for him to advance. He had gotten enough points and through the regular season to carry him through. Um, and now he was right there at the cutoff at Bristol. Now that we're starting over, he's starting in second place in points or tied really for first with Byron. Um, so <clears throat> it's kind of like he gets to hit the reset button. So Truex got lucky there. I wouldn't mind seeing Truex carry on through another round or so. I don't... I don't know if he'll be in that final four. I mean, he done really good all through the regular season. Now these playoffs have hit, and he's just, I don't know. I don't know if he's got, of course, he had some things on his mind. Um, as we found out, was it Sunday? His longtime, well, from the story that I read, it said his longtime partner had, uh, had passed away on Sunday, the day after Bristol. Um, I think she was fighting cancer. I believe, and uh, if I read it right, if I remember, I don't have notes in front of me on it, but I'm going off of memory, I think it said she passed away from a long battle of cancer, and she passed away on Sunday, so, you know, that may have been on his mind for these past few weeks, who knows, I don't know, hopefully, um, you know, obviously we send our thoughts and prayers out with, with her and her family, and I don't know how long her and, and Martin had been together, but, um, sounds like it was a while so maybe that was on his mind I don't know but um, hopefully he can kind of get his thoughts back and get get back on that uh, track of, of thinking a little clearer maybe clearly and um, maybe he can do something this next round I think he's got a couple good shots at Texas and Talladega I, I totally see Toyota being fast at Texas um, I guess we'll find out. You know, they were they were fast at Kansas. Texas is not too much different from Kansas, so 
whatever Toyota has found here lately, I think they're going to keep that going right through Texas. After that, who knows, you know. Um, I think they'll be fast at Talladega. So watch out for these Toyotas for the rest of these playoffs because they're going to be quick. They're going to be tough to catch. And if you catch them, you know, catching them is one thing. Getting around them is a whole other thing. Um, let's see, what else do I got here? I got the, Okay, we'll go over the point standings here. I did notice that all five of the Toyotas that have made the playoffs all advanced to the round of 12. So five out of these 12 cars are all Toyotas. And, it, and that's, that's pretty impressive to me. You know, of course, if you've listened to these, these um, podcasts all year, you'll know that me or Justin, either one, are, we're not Toyota fans. You know, I'm the Chevy fan. He's the Ford fan. Toyota's kind of left out there as far as we're concerned. But they've only got six cars on the track, and five of them made the playoffs. And the one that didn't was Ty Gibbs, and he was just outside. He was right on the bubble there at the end. So we're very close to being 100% Toyotas in the playoffs, which... <laughs> I don't care if you like Toyota or not. That's impressive. Um, but all five of them that are in the playoffs managed to squeak through Bristol, and they're all still there. Uh, point standings after Bristol going into Texas for the playoffs. You got Byron and Truex at the top, and they're 25 points above the the cutoff line. You got Hamlin's third. He's 21 points up. Larson fourth with 12 points up. Busher. 10 points above the line. He's 5th. He got 6th is Kyle Busch, 8 points above. And in 7th, you got Christopher Bell, 5 points up. And then Reddick is 3 points above the line. So that's the top 8. Um, those are the ones that are, using air quotes here, safe as of right now. You know, then you get the cutoff line and those that are already sitting below the cutoff line before we even turn a lap at the next track. You got Chastain is three points below. Brad Keselowski, three points below. Ryan Blaney, six points below. And then you got Bubba Wallace at 14 points below. So Chastain, Brad K, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace are the four that are, like I said, below the cut line. But we haven't even made a made a lap at Texas, so that's all going to get shaken up here when we, we fire them engines and get going at Texas. Um, I've got my thoughts on that. We will see what happens. I don't... I mean, like I said, I think the Toyotas are going to be fast at Texas, so... Um, there's only one Toyota below that line right now with Bubba. I think he's going to be pretty quick there. Reddick's right above the line, and Bell. They're all going to be pretty quick, you know. Um, if all five... Toyotas make it to the round of eight, that would be in just that'd probably be one of the most impressive things for the whole year is uh, all five of them making it. And they've got good shots at Texas and Talladega. They're going to be all of them are going to be fast right there. The Roval, I don't know, that's going to that's going to be the wild card. But um, I think I don't know. I want to go out on a limb and say at least one of them will get uh, put out. I don't know how much of a limb that would be, but. I see one of them going out after the Roval in Charlotte. Um, some other things that I jotted down here for, for the Bristol race. that um, JGR was just ridiculously incredible. I mean, Christopher Bell won both the first and the second stage. Um, he ended up leading 187 laps. Ty Gibbs led 103 laps, and Denny Hamlin led 142 laps. 
add all them up 432 laps for Toyota for JGR for Joe Gibbs Racing 432 laps at Bristol the rest of the laps Corey LaJoy with 48 Kyle Larson with 20 so that's Chevy leading 68 laps and then Chris Buescher led one lap for a total of 69 non-Toyota drivers 69 laps that Toyota didn't lead out of 500 that's crazy um, you know because I, I usually say it's a Chevy track you don't usually see Toyotas out front at Bristol uh, but that's <laughs> that's all we seen down there and they were they were strong I mean they were just very impressive you know Ty Gibbs when he got out front he he was driving a hell of a race you know I, I know I I give the kid a lot of slack on here saying I'm not a Ty Gibbs fan I'm not a Toyota fan Grandpa Joe and all that stuff but when the kid made it out front he was running away with it I mean he was doing doing really really good so you know my hats off to Ty Gibbs for the Bristol race I hate to admit it but he did really good um, let's see trying to go over my notes here what I got what I've already said and what I didn't Hamlin Hamlin ran away with it at the end you know he ended up winning a race like I said and then I here's what I liked I'm gonna tell you I'm not a Denny Hamlin hater I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan I don't mind any but I am liking this I guess you could say new Denny I don't know maybe he's maybe he's letting that uh, maybe he's letting his personality come out maybe it's going to show a little bit more than what it has because I've always viewed Denny Hamlin as a guy that just he just goes out there does his job does what he needs to do he's not a big he's not um, being all flamboyant he's not being mouthy he's not doing that but this year these past year or two I've seen that kind of change I think everybody's kind of seen that change and you know what he said after the race I know it's getting a lot of attention as far as you know he's get he got a lot of booze both in the driver introduction and after he won the race um and i know fans can cheer or boo whoever they want they pay their money to get in i know i do that um i cheer i boo i heckle drivers any chance i can because why not you know it's all in fun but um when he was asked he he said something and i, and I don't remember the complete um, interview that he did after the race but it was the the person interviewing said something about all the driver all, all the fans booing Denny Hamlin and uh, he said oh you're just mad because I beat your favorite driver and then uh, the the person doing the interview said who's that and he said all of them well, I mean he's right you can't deny that he just he just beat everybody but I'm sure he was talking to the Kyle Larson fans and the Chase Elliott fans. So I am on the I'm on the side of the fence that this new trash talking Denny, I like that. And that's going to make me a bigger fan of Denny Hamlin moving forward than just the guy that's behind the wheel just doing business, you know, just going out there driving. I like the drivers with personality. That's why I was always a Dale Earnhardt Sr. fan, 
You know, I liked Dale Jr. because he had the personality. You could see the emotion when he got out of the car. Whether it was good or bad, you seen the emotion. And, but, now Dale Sr. didn't have a problem trash talking. Dale Jr. didn't really do a whole lot of that. And we haven't really had much of a trash talker in NASCAR until now. You know, if I'm Denny Hamlin, I'm going to use all them booze as motivation. I'm going to... I'm going to put on my best Ric Flair, and I'm just going to taunt the fans. I mean, why not? Give them something to talk about. Give them a reason to not like you, you know? I mean, I know a lot of them already have most of their reasons. He's hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't believe all that, you know? And a lot of people say he's a hypocrite because he kept telling Chastain, get off of me, quit wrecking, quit, you know, driving so rough blah 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 and then he goes out early this year and he takes Chastain out in a race and admitted to it that goes on all the time most drivers just don't admit to it you know um so I don't blame him for that you know Ross Chastain's been a thorn in his side for seems like two years even though it was only just last year he got he got his payback on him and Ross hasn't really touched him or got around him much since then. You know, raced him clean every time they have been around him. And that's what you got to do. You know, you get a driver that's just a thorn in your side. Won't leave you alone. Just drives in like Christopher Bell called him a wrecking ball. Um, that's that's what he was doing. I mean, people were kind of giving Bell slack for calling him that. He was exactly right. You know, the guy just busts up in there and he don't care if who, who he pushes out of the way or who he hits and... It was getting to a point of ridiculousness, and, and Denny Hamlin just gave it back to him. And you know what? Once you give it back to them, they leave you alone. So that's what you have to do. You know, that's that's part of the whole NASCAR's mantra of boys have at it. You know, somebody's going to take somebody out one race, well, you, you're probably going to get it back at some point. And you can't really be mad if you, if you do. And that's just what Denny Hamlin does. So I don't, I don't fault him for that. I don't dislike him for that. I don't even really call him a hypocrite for that. Um, I I can appreciate what Denny Hamlin's doing. And I think now that he sees the reaction that he's getting from the fans for saying the things that he's saying, he's going to keep doing it. And why wouldn't he? You know, I would do the same thing. So I applaud Denny Hamlin for that. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that might not like this opinion, but it's mine and I have a right to it. So if I'm Denny Hamlin, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Keep going out there. Keep making the fans mad. Um, you know, sometimes some of the most hated guys out there are the ones that win the championship. And it just makes the fans even more mad when you do that. So, I mean, I know, I remember Dale Sr. was loved by many, but he was not loved by all. He had his haters, and he knew it. And so does Denny. And, but one of the best ways to make the fans mad, hold up that championship trophy at the end of the year. You know, now that's something he's never been able to do yet. Can he do it this year? Well, he's on a roll. He's Toyota has found something here lately. Um, kind of like RFK has, they found something, made them the best Ford team out there. Even though they're only a two-car team, they're the best Ford team out there right now. You know, and I think um, Toyota has found something here that. And I don't know if it's in the speed, if it's in the handling. I don't know what they found, obviously, but but they found something, and they're not letting it go. So they are going to they're going to be up front for I would say the rest of these playoffs. So get used to it. 
Um, and like I said, I hate to admit that, but that's something we're going to be watching for. Um, I'll tell you two of the biggest takeaways that I seen at Bristol was number one, Carson Hosovar. I think, um, like I said, I don't have notes in front of me, but uh, I believe this was his third cup start. And his first two were obviously very not impressive because I don't remember them. But, uh, but this one, while I was sitting there watching that race, I kept seeing this 42 car just right up there with the leaders. I'm thinking, man, that kid is just... He's he's doing a really good job tonight, so I kept my eye on him, and he and it's not like he was up there for just a few laps and then he faded back, because I kind of I was kind of expecting that, you know, he just don't have the experience running with these guys, running at this level, he's gonna fall back. It's Bristol, it's one of the toughest tracks that we have on the schedule, and I I, I was just waiting for him to start falling back, but he never did, you know, he stayed right up there with him, ended up finishing eleventh. That's that's pretty impressive, you know, especially doing it in the 42 car. I mean, how how much has the 42 car ran up front, period, this year? Not much at all. So for a rookie kid like Carson to come in, sit down in that car, and then, and then put it up front at Bristol, that's impressive. Um, I know he's going to be back in that car at Texas, so I'm going to be watching him, see what he does. Um if he can put it up front and hold it up there for most of the race at Texas, it's not a fluke, you know. Bristol would be easy to say this Bristol was a fluke that he got up there, kept it up there. If he does it at Texas, you know, it's not a fluke. But um, I wouldn't even consider this one a fluke. I mean, he looked he looked comfortable in the car. He was putting it up top, running it down low. Wherever he needed to run, that's where he was going, and he, and he held it. Um, he didn't back down from these big dogs. Um... He was just just very impressive, and that's something that I'm going to keep my eye on for these next couple of races. I don't know if he's going to be in that ride at Talladega or not. I don't know if they've announced that or not, but I have heard that he is going to be back in that car at Texas. Um, I don't think he's going to be in that car at the Roval. I think they're going to get more of a of a, a road course driver in there for that race. But he might be there at Talladega, especially if he does good at Texas. I mean, if he does good at Texas, I would keep him in that car for the rest of the year. That may be their plans. I don't know. Um, and the second thing that I thought was impressive to me was Corey LaJoy running up front for 48 laps. You know, he qualified, what, 10th, I think it was? Qualified 10th, which was kind of surprising to me. But, um, he put it out front, ran 48 laps, almost won the first stage. Um... It looked like he was going to, and then then here comes Bell in one of them Toyotas on fresher tires because Corey LaJoy didn't didn't make a pit stop. He stayed out, and that's how he got the lead. But um, he almost won that stage. I was I was really hoping he could take that stage win. Um, you know, I'd like to see some good things happen for Corey. He's been been in the sport for a while. He needs he needs some of them good finishes. You know, he. I think he was going to have a good finish if he wouldn't have gotten that wreck with uh, with Slogano. So, Corey LaJoy and Carson Hosovar was my two that I thought was just impressive with what they with with what they had, what they were able to do, where they were able to run on the track and keep it there. You know, it's not like like I said earlier, it's not like they got there for a couple laps and then they faded. They were up there up front for a while. 
you know. Corey LaJoy, 48 laps is the most by a non-Toyota. Now, even Kyle Larson only led 20. Um, another thing I was hoping, because I'm a Kyle Larson fan, I was I was kind of hoping Kyle Larson would get up there and win that, but I knew it was going to be a tall order coming from 36th. I think there's only been one driver in the history of the Bristol race to come from dead last, and it might not have been dead last at the time, uh, was Elliot Sadler. I think that was back in the 90s sometime. I don't know the year. But um, I think that was back in 90... I want to say like 95, 96. Elliot Sadler came from 36th and won the race. Now, I think back in those days there was 43 cars, so he didn't come from dead last. But 36th place is the farthest back that anybody's been able to come been able to come from to win the race you know he started 36 like i said that wasn't dead last but it was for larson it was dead last 36th place he come back to lead and he he actually made it up through the field fairly quickly um he was running i don't know i guess he had passed 10 cars and then they made their first first round of pit stops i think him uh denny hamlin austin Dillon all got penalties on that first round of pit stops which didn't really hurt larson too bad it it in the end, it didn't really hurt Denny Hamlin either, but at the time it did because he was running up front. You know, he qualified up front. He got that got that penalty, had to go back to the back, and then it was kind of most of the race getting back up there. But uh, but he was able to overcome his his pit stop penalty, and then Kyle Larson same way. It didn't really hurt Kyle as bad because he was only he'd only passed maybe ten cars, so he had to move back what, ten spots, which you don't want to move back ten spots. But I mean, he just come from thirty six, so. It wasn't as big of a deal for him, but he made it up through the through the pack pretty quickly after that, so it really didn't have much of an effect on him. Um, there towards the end, though, when he got up got up to second, I, I don't remember how many laps was left, maybe 50, 60 laps, and Denny was looked like he was running away with it, and then Larson got to second. He was able to track him down. He got up on his back bumper there for a little bit, and then... Uh, and then Hamlin, I don't know if he used up his stuff trying to catch Denny or what happened or if Denny just turned it on after he got right there on his on his backside. But Denny ran away with it after that. Lap traffic kind of helped hold Larson back there a little bit. And, and Denny was just on a rail. There was no beating him once he got out front. And it was pretty obvious. Um, so, yeah, that is my that is my Bristol takeaway from what happened. Um, like I said, Josevar and Corey LaJoy were just, what they did was impressive. But there is some, some news that I've seen today coming out of Bristol for the truck series, and I don't really understand this. Uh, maybe some of you will, and I'm just going to read it straight from NASCAR.com. It says, NASCAR officials penalized two teams in the Craftsman Truck Series on Tuesday for lug nut infractions found after last Thursday's race at Bristol. The number two Rev Racing Chevrolet for playoff driver Nick Sanchez and the number 17 Tricon Garage Toyota driven by Taylor Gray were each found with one unsecured lug nut after Thursday night's UNOH 200. The violation of section 8.8.10.4a in the NASCAR rulebook resulted in $2,500 fines for each team's crew chief. 
Danny Stockman for the number two team, and Jacob Hampton for the number 17 team. Now, this is what I don't understand. Now, these trucks still have five lug nuts on them. You know, they're the old school five lug nuts. So they got one loose after the race. They find that they have one loose after the race. They, you still got four that are on the truck and are tight. And I don't know. I think these are five lugs. I don't think they're six lugs. I think they're five lugs. So you got four still tight and you got one loose. What's the big deal? It's not like the whole wheel is loose. No, you know, these the Cup Series, they've only got the one lug. So if it's loose, I understand. That's kind of a big deal. But for the trucks and even the Xfinity, you know, they still got five lugs. So if one's loose after the race, that, don't, that does not mean that the wheel is loose. And who knows, that might have came loose during the race, you know. Just because it's loose on there, it doesn't mean that the, the crew didn't get it tight. It could have came loose during the race, so I don't understand. Now, maybe if they had three or four lugs that were loose, maybe I could understand the penalty. But just one, I, I just don't understand that. Um, you know, obviously NASCAR has their reasons for making that rule. But um, I don't get it. One lug shouldn't shouldn't end up being a fine. But uh, that's that's one little bit of news that I seen today, and I also seen also from the truck series was that Matt De Benedetto. Oh, <laughs> I'm like everybody else. I usually have a hard time saying that name. Matt De Benedetto is out at Rackley. W A R Rackley War, whatever you want to call it. Rackley War, that's his team name, for the rest of the truck series. Now, I know he announced earlier in the year, maybe three or four races ago, that he was he was not going to be back in their trucks next year. I don't know if he's already found him a ride. I don't know what he's got, what his plans are, but I know he announced that he wasn't going to be back at that team next year. And uh, I guess they just went ahead and found his replacement. You know, it's not, uh, not a big surprise. It's fairly common. I mean, we've seen it with... Uh, RCR 23XI last year with uh, Tyler Reddick. You know, he announced a year early that he was leaving RCR to go to 23XI, so RCR just went ahead and pushed him on over there a year early so they can get their guy. Um, it happens. It's not really a surprise, like I said. I just, uh, I hate to see that from Matty D. You know, he seems to be one of them um, personalities that he just kind of, he goes, he gets in the car, truck, whatever he's driving, and he just races. You know, he seems like he's not one of them that's racing dirty. He's out there. He's racing everybody clean. He's giving them respect. He's doing what he needs to do to save the truck, save the car. And, uh, I mean, he's not, he doesn't seem to be that top talent that everybody's looking for. But he does pretty good. I mean, I hate to see that for him. Hopefully he can find him a ride somewhere in one of the top three series and he's back out there for next year so I, I would really like to see Matty D get back up into cup series whether that happens or not I don't know I mean it may or may not but I'm rooting for the guy to get back up there I'd like to see Matty D back up there but um that's really it oh no hold on this is not it there's one last thing I was gonna say and I know and this one's about Chase Elliott uh I know I've given Chase Elliott a lot of grief over the past few weeks. I mean, a lot of people have. I'm not going to back away from that. I still stand on my comments. But Elliott didn't really do all that bad at Bristol. You know, I know he finished seventh. He was higher that higher than seventh at a few points there in the race. 
Um, I wasn't able to keep track of where he was all the time, but there was one one moment in the race that really made me take note of Chase Elliott, and that was on a restart. What uh, I think I even wrote down which restart it was. So give me just a second here, I could tell you. Roughly, right around lap 150, they uh, they re-racked him. I don't remember what happened. That might have been the Logano. Um, Corey LaJoy wreck but they re-racked him and Kyle Larson was I think on the restart Larson was front row inside Chase Elliott was second row inside and I Chris Buescher was third row so he had the 5 car the 9 car and then the 17 car all on the inside and then I don't remember which Toyota I think it was Bell at the time was on the front row outside I may be wrong there, I'm not sure, um, but what I remember about that restart was that you had the perfect opportunity for Chase Elliott to redeem himself from the door jam at Kansas, you know, when they come out of the pits and Larson bumped into Elliott trying to give Brad K room as they come out, and then as soon as they get on the track, Elliott door jams him. Well, he had the perfect opportunity here at Bristol to redeem himself from that, and he had as they as they threw the green he had the perfect opportunity to push Larson out to the lead get him out front and he didn't now whether he was having car issues whether he just wasn't expecting to start you know many a lot of many things could have happened as to why he didn't push L, uh, Larson out to the front but it looked like and I had other people text me this as it happened it looked like he just didn't want to push Larson out there. Now, I know a lot of us make, make drama out of nothing, and this could be another one of those things, but it just looked like Elliot just didn't want to push Larson out there, so he let kind of let Larson do it on his own. Um, and and Larson did. He stayed up front. Elliot kind of faded back a little bit and got back up to, to seventh by the end of the race, but I know right after that restart, Elliot kind of dropped back, so he may have been having some issues. I don't know, it just didn't look like he was, um, from my perspective. And that's all my opinion. I may be making a, uh, maybe making a mountain out of a molehill here, but, um, I just thought that was kind of, kind of crappy, you know. You, you've got every opportunity to redeem yourself, not only with your teammate, but with the fans, with, with your, with your team owner, you know, um, opportunities like that aren't going to come along every restart you know you're going to have them from from time to time but i just feel like he could have been right there on the back bumper of larson and pushed him out there now would that have changed anything probably not i mean the toyotas were just too strong they would have been they would have passed larson anyway but in that moment you had the opportunity and it just didn't happen so i think that was just i was i was hoping to see it play out a little bit differently but it never did um so i don't know we'll see what comes of that nobody said anything about it but um you know none of the big none of the big racing talk shows or anything like that nobody's i haven't heard anything come of it on the sirius xm that seems to be what everybody goes by these days is what they say but um i just happen to notice it i know justin noticed it as well um so we'll get his thoughts on that here later in the week when we do our other our other episode, but um, I think that's going to do it for this one. 
Um, hopefully your favorite driver made it through. I know H.R. Scotty's favorite driver made it through, barely. Bubba's still in there. Um, you know, Justin's favorite guy, Harvick, got knocked out, and that sucks. Like I said, I, I was really wanting to see Kevin do it, and I, I really like that a lot of these tracks for this year have done something for Kevin, you know, in his last year. They're, they're honoring Kevin in their own way. You know, some of the tracks have put his number on the wall or, or whatever they do. I noticed, you know, Bristol, whatever it was they did at the during the pre-race, um... I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, he was able to do it with his daughter. And for for some reason, I'm wanting to say it was they gave the driver start your engine, but it, it wasn't that because Kevin was one of them saying it. It could have been though, but uh, you could tell it was it was a special moment for him because he got to do it with his daughter. And um, and I didn't notice this after he, after they said it, but. Um, no, it might have just been driver introductions. I think that's what it was, driver introductions. He was out there with his daughter, and they said something about thank you, Bristol, uh, thank you for the memories, or something like that. And he was able to say all this stuff with his daughter out there. And I thought that was just really cool. And I didn't notice it, but uh, my wife was telling me that she was watching him, watching his face and stuff after he walked away. Um, he said She said that uh, you could tell that he was he was starting to tear up. He was fighting that, that emotion, and... You know, I, I think that's pretty cool. Just, I guess it's the older person in me. I I can relate to them moments now. You know, I mean, he's on his he's on his last go around. So anytime he can do something like that with his with his daughter, it, it's pretty cool. You know, you, you're not gonna get them chances again. So I'm glad he's able to take advantage of all of them all of them opportunities that he has like that and just make it special to include his family with him on this journey that uh, he's on he's currently going through you know as he's shutting i mean it's it's life is like a book you know you got different chapters and and he knows that this chapter of his life is is coming to an end and he's going to be starting a new one next year so he's he's making the most of it with his family and and that's the stuff that i appreciate not only did i i root for kevin harvick quite a bit during his career even now i'm still rooting for the guy but to see him have them moments like that is is special, and I hope he makes the most out of all of them. So I just wanted to include that in this this episode while I was while I was saying all this other stuff that I thought about, and I'm sure there's a few things that I'm missing that I I forgot. I I jotted down a couple little powerpoints to remember, but uh, you know we usually don't have a script, and I'm I'm trying to keep to that the best I can, but. Um, that's all that stuff is is what i seen my takeaways from bristol we had a blast you're going to hear more stories about that later in the week i don't know what day we're going to do that but i'm sure by thursday or friday you're going to be getting all kinds of bristol stories from not only me but justin um and mama jess we're all going to have our stories to tell and you're, you're going to have fun with that so like i said i mean we <laughs> I, we ended up half naked and liquored up out in the parking lot, so <laughs> that's what we do. But um, look, I hope you look forward to that. I don't know exactly, like I said, I don't know exactly what day that'll be, Thursday or Friday, but it'll be coming. Um, but that's all I've got for you for this episode. And I hope you all had a good weekend, enjoyed the races, and we will see you guys later in the week.